good morning, everyone, and special welcome to those who are here for the first time. So I expect that God will speak to us today, but also that we will listen to His voice, even if it's a whisper. So I don't know about you, but um, um, have you ever been to a situation where somebody tries to tell you something whispering, but you don't get it? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm getting old, but that happens when my wife tries to tell me something whispering. I never get it, and it ends up that he sh- has to shout. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, uh, for both of us. <laughs> um, but the thing is, today, uh, we will explore how to hear God's whisper in community. It's part of a series uh, of talks that are called How to Hear God. Uh, so if you are here for the first time, you can go to our uh, online uh, page and, 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 and check the, the previous talks. They are amazing. And the texts that we are basing on our, our talks um, are from the book of Pete Gregg. By the way, he's going to be here with us. Uh, you can find out more on our What's On page as well. And um, the text that we are going to read from the Bible today is in Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. We are not going to to read all the text, but I'll give you some contextualization, okay? So, I encourage you to open your Bible, your preferred type of Bible, uh, but it will be shown also in the slides uh, at the back. Um, So, a bit of context. So, Jesus is crucified and buried on a Friday. So, on a Sunday after... Some women go to the tomb and find it empty. Later on, two disciples, probably husband and wife, on their way to a village called Emmaus, are discussing what happened. Is he alive? Is he not? So Jesus joins them, but they don't recognize him. He asks what they are talking about, and they tell him. Jesus pretends not knowing what they are talking about, So they explain more. Their explanation does not satisfy Jesus, which prompts him to go through all the scripture, giving them a better perspective of the recent events. So they reach the village. Jesus pretends to go further, but they invite him to stay. He stays, and they are about to have a meal. And from verse 30, we have the text for today. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So remember what I said about my ending up shouting because I don't get the whispers. I believe that this moment of the breaking of the bread and the wine is God's shouting to the disciples because they didn't recognize God's whisper while Jesus was walking along with them. Uh, Pete Gregg captures this moment in a a, a quote uh, from, from the book. He says, along the way, Jesus is so utterly unremarkable in his appearance, so resolutely not weird in the language he uses, 
the customs he observes, and the food he eats, that for several hours, no one on the planet Earth realizes that this is, in fact, the resurrected Son of God. And he's right. But I'll, I'll go further than Pete Gregg, saying that the, the reason that they didn't recognize Jesus was not only because Jesus was very uh, much disguised, but because they were not expecting. They were not expecting. Therefore, they didn't recognize him. I think this throws a little bit of light in our situation as well. Many times that we don't recognize God's whisper, it's because we are not expecting. So now, what can we learn? So if we want to hear God first, we must expect God's whisper, God's way. Do you know the story of the guy that had a flood and then he went to the ceiling? And then he prays and said, God, save me. And then comes a boat, a small boat. And um, the guy said, oh, come, come up. And, and then he says, no, God's going to save me. And then comes a bigger boat. And they say, come, come, come aboard. And he says, no, God's going to save me. Then comes a helicopter. And they shout, come on, come on. And he says, no, God's going to save me. The water rises, he dies, goes to heaven. He, he's there, he comes to God and said, God, why didn't you save me? And God said, what? I sent three saving ways, and you didn't recognize it. We have to manage our expectations. Many times we are prevented from hearing God's voice because we hold on to predetermined expectations of, of how he speaks to us. We want God to speak to us, but in a manner that will not interrupt or intrude. So the guy prays, but because he has a predetermined expectation of how God is going to answer, he's not able to recognize God's salvation. So expect to hear God's whisper, God's way. The two disciples in the story, God whisper, came to them in the walk. A routine walk for those who lived in Emmaus. They would leave Jerusalem and go walking to Emmaus. Nothing new, nothing extraordinary about that. But then God shows up. But... One of God's preferred ways to whisper is in community. Although he can do it anywhere, anytime, anywhere. But one of God's preferred ways to whisper to us is in community. It is, in other words, through others. Through others. Therefore, we should not only expect to hear God's whisper, God's way, but also we must expect God's whisper through others. So we live in a society that is dominated by individualism. We find it hard to live in a close community. 
We are too independent and too proud to believe that God would use other people to intrude our lives. Yet, it is one of his preferred ways. But then you can ask me, what others? Well, technically, any other, and I kid you not, even your in-laws. Well, it's, it's in the Bible. God uses Moses' father-in-law to speak to him. But for the relief of most of us, it's not the preferred way of God's speaking through others as well. <laughs> so, the preferred way is through Christian friends. It's through Christian friends. Uh, uh, Pete Gregg uh, uh, brings uh, a, a, a Celtic uh, expression for that, which is anankarog, meaning soul friend. Soul friend. As a Christian friend, we must speak to others and, and allow them to speak to us. And, and, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that Christians need other Christians who speaks or who speak God's word to them. And, and um, it's interesting because Bonhoeffer was a theologian in the time of Second World War, and he spoke bravely to other Christians against the Nazis, the, against the Christians also that were supporting the, the, the regime. And he got killed by, because of that. And it's true. We need Christians to speak the truth, the, the, the truth of the word into our lives. And Pete Gregg lists three essential things to consider when developing a soul friend or a Christian friendship. The first one is that it should be a friendship and not a duty or, or obligation, but delight, something that you take pleasure and enjoyable. But also, it should be safe because it must be somebody that is trustworthy. You can be vulnerable and you can you know, be yourself and count on the discretion of the other person. But it also, it should be framed, meaning that it's important to be clear about expectations when you approach people to develop friendship, you know. And as I said, managing expectations is, is really good, even when you, we are relating to God. So here's my advice on how can you apply this practically into your life. First, join a small group. Choose one or two with whom you relate more easily from that group. Then invite them for a meal. As we learned here at Riverside that many good things happen when we are around food. <laughs> and it's a nice way to bond in friendship. And it's, it's, it's happening, for example, in our uh, men's curry night or other food-related gatherings that we can talk, and then we come close to, to one another. So this is it. Join a small group, choose one or two, and then invite them for a meal, and see what happens. From there, the friendship can be developed. Now, I know that this next topic that I'm going to uh, uh, say now uh, doesn't fit very well into what I already said, but as I, as I was preparing the, the, the sermon, I felt the nudge from the Holy Spirit to press into this as well. Because when we, we think about God speaking to us or whispering to us in community, we normally think about 
this community, the community of faith, where we can safely develop friendship. But there is also a wider community where we're living. When we go to supermarket, when you go to the bank, or we go shopping, or go to a cafe, and so on and so forth, and we meet people in the street. And because of that, we must be prepared also to listen to God's whisper through strangers. So God whispers through strangers. But it is a double-sided truth. First, that God can speak to you through a stranger. And of course, when that happens, please run what you heard through your close friends, through, you know? Because it's important for other people with discernment to also listen to what is being spoken to you, okay? But it's also true that God can speak to strangers through you. And for them, you are the stranger. But it's also possible that you listen to God's whisper, not to yourself, but to other, to the other. And that's complicated. But let me show you a, a, an example of, of how it works. Have you heard about David Wilkerson? So there's a, his photo there. In the 50s, he heard God asking him to go to New York. He was pro, a provincial pastor to help teenagers involving gangs. Some years later, he wrote a book called The Cross and the Switchblade to tell what God was doing. The book sells more than 50 million copies, becomes a film, and David founded the Teen Challenge, which until today helps more than 24,000 young people every day to get free from addiction across 80 countries. He was flipping a magazine and saw the violence, and God spoke to him, go help them. Three days later, he was in New York. Now, two decades after the book, David, now a famous pastor, wrote another book called Beyond the Cross and the Switchblade. In it, he tells how God used a total stranger to come and speak to him. Now, isn't that amazing? First of all, God speaks to him. He goes to New York and speaks to gangs, strange people. He never saw them before. And God uses him greatly. Many people are saved by that work. Okay? Now, 20 years later, he, he walks, he's walking down the street in a busy road. A short Chinese guy comes to him and says, are you David Wilkerson? And he says, yes. Then the guy says, God sent me to tell you that you will become proud. That you have to repent of your, of your pride. And then his, he gets irritated and he said, who are you to speak that to me? You don't know me. And dismisses the guy, comes home, gets to his wife and said, do you know what happened? Uh, a short Chinese guy came to me and said that I must repent because I became proud. And then his wife says, well, you should go and pray and consider what he said. Then he said, well, since my wife said that, I went to pray and it was really God's talking to me. You see, the same person, one He's a stranger to others. In another time, a stranger come and speak to him. So the understanding that 
it's a two-side truth, is part of the vineyard DNA. It's doing God's stuff, you know, it's, it's doing the stuff. It's, it's when you are open and say yes to the Holy Spirit, and then it can go either way. You are open to receive while others come and speak to you, but also open to speak in the life of others. And God is doing it today. God is doing it in our time. I would like for us to watch a video from Denise, who is from our, our, our church, and uh, we will see what is happening. So, yes, please, run the video. Hi, I'm Denise. I just want to share a little story um, about what happened last week when I was in Tesco's. So, a lady waved me into the parking space, and I got out and said, thank you. And I was admiring the sliding doors on her van. And she told me that it was really handy because she had two dogs, a husband with mobility issues, um, and uh, his back had slipped discs. So I said, I hope your husband's going to be okay. And she said, well, actually, he's just passed. Um, so I asked if I could pray for her, and she said yes. So I prayed for comfort and for strength <clears throat> and for her to know that God was close. And uh, she said, thank you. And she said she had just popped in to buy some flowers because she was on the way to Hamworth Crematorium. And because her husband and herself never had children, she was meeting her nieces and nephews, um, which brought much um, peace to her. And I clearly heard God say, she's a mum of many, <clears throat> and I want you to tell her. And uh, was I obedient? Yes, I was. I, I told her this, and it just really touched her. And she said, it's just amazing how God always shows up. And it wasn't my message to not give. It wasn't my message to not pass on because God had perfect timing for that lady, for her to know, A, God was close to her, and B, that she's a mum of many. Um, so it was just a wonderful experience. And how it ended was, she said, God bless to me. Uh, so it was a win-win all around. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. So I want to to close the, the, the talk with, with a quote from John Wimber, which is the founding pastor of Vineyard. He said that from time to time, the Spirit of God may speak to you and say, go and speak to that person. But what happens? Your worldview comes into focus. The protocol, the natural behavior that you have been trained in comes on, and you say, I don't know him. I can't do that. And I must confess that it happens to me. When I was preparing this talk, God reminded me of times I said no to the Holy Spirit regarding talking to strangers, because I am a shy person. This behavioral code is strong in me, but I want to renew my yes to the Holy Spirit today. Would you say yes to the Holy Spirit today too? Would you renew your willingness to follow the nudge to go and speak to other person that you don't know? Would you partner with the Holy Spirit so He can whisper God's voice to others through you?